0: Merry Christmas, church family. Good morning, Merry Christmas. Welcome to Faith Church. Uh, my name is Derek, I'm one of the pastors, and I'm pretty sure that the Olson family, my family, is also one of Debbie's favorite families. But I'm, but I'm not as cool as Austin, because I don't have a flamethrower up here with me this morning. Uh, I will try to avoid catching myself on fire. Merry Christmas, glad that you're with us. It is good to celebrate Jesus together, fourth Sunday of Advent. We're gonna keep doing that now and hope that you can join us, whether here or online for Christmas Eve as well. Uh, Grab your Bibles if you got them with you. Get them on your lap, put your finger in God's word. Open up to uh, Luke chapter two. We're gonna be in Luke two again, like we were last Sunday. Uh, Luke is in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, one of the stories of Jesus's life. Find the book of Luke there toward the back of your Bible, and uh, let's open to chapter 2 so that we can study God's Word together this morning. As you get there, uh, to have a little fun, again, I do have another picture for you. 2020 is winding down, so I thought I'd bring back one of my favorite memes. So um, I don't know if we're able to put those on the screen or not. What? They're working on it. I know there's some technical difficulties that are affecting faith online more than they're affecting us, so it's fine. If there's nothing on the screen, that's right. Uh, Hey, there it is. There it is. That's one of my favorite 2020 memes. Check it out. Now, of course, again, asterisk, we're not making light of anything serious and tragic that has gone on in 2020, but we are okay with having a little fun that, man, does it feel like that was what was pulling us through 2020 sometimes? (laughs) And uh, not a very good pilot car if that's where it ended up. But uh, 2020 is winding down, I guess, is is maybe the good news, right, (laughs) Um, in some ways. So can you believe that Christmas is almost here? Christmas is coming And after that, 2021 will be coming. I don't know if it's just... Every time I mention in the new year, it feels like we're more and more into the space age to me. 2021 is coming? Uh, We've been doing Advent Sundays. And Advent is a word that means the coming or the arrival. We've celebrated the first advent of Jesus. That first arrival of Jesus in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, his birth was the first advent. And so his first coming... And we want to remember at Christmas time that God sent his son into the world, his first coming. And we want to look forward to the fact that Jesus will come again, his second advent, and set all things right. Amen? We look forward to that as well. So Christmas can remind us of both. So Advent is a coming or an arrival. And we've celebrated this month that, that Christmas is the arrival of Christmas joy and peace and love. That first Christmas... When we think back 2,000 years, we are remembering, uh, at Advent season, we are remembering the birth of Christ. So, Luke chapter 2, let's read some uh, verses from God's word together. And then we'll, um, as always, ask God to move within us, to spark our hearts and minds, to hear a story afresh. You know, you, you gather in a church family sometimes at Christmas time, and these are stories that we've heard but we can ask God by his Holy Spirit to move within our hearts and minds to help us to see what he has for us today. Not not an old story, not a repetitious story, but God's word living and active to see what he has to say to us. Right, church family? Okay, Luke 2, um, starting at verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him, what'd she wrap him in? Swaddling cloths, okay, we'll make a mental note, we'll come back to that, and she laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn or no place for them in the guest room. At long last, so what's going on in this passage? We talked about this a little bit last Sunday, and we're going we're to we're jump back to last Sunday in a little ways, just reminding ourselves where we've been. At long last, the long-awaited, promised Messiah, the Savior of the world that God's people had been, had been told about for centuries, they, the, the long-awaited Messiah, the long-awaited Rescuer, the hope of God's people, the Anointed One, the one of whom the prophets had spoken, had finally arrived his first advent his birth this promised rescuer this is his advent that first advent that first christmas that we want to think back on and and what we've noticed in as in the last couple of weeks is his arrival came in some unexpected ways when we really think about the story even if we've read it before and we put ourselves in the, in that place we notice some things that are not how Uh, we might have expected, and certainly not how God's people were expecting it at the time. So how so? Well, there's a couple things we talked about last week that make this arrival of Jesus a little unexpected. Let's keep going in the scripture. Luke 2, now verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field. This is the passage we enjoyed last Sunday, but we'll just read through it. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch Over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. This is what we celebrated last Sunday good news of great joy. And that will be for all the people. For unto you, is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. One of the ways last Sunday we talked about the fact that, that this arrival of Christ was unexpected or not how we would have guessed it was that this announcement, this angelic announcement, is made to the shepherds to the everyday people, that this is good news of great joy for all the people, not just the rich or famous or powerful or the celebrities or the governing authorities. But this angelic announcement comes to shepherds, and that should encourage you and me, the normal everyday people, good news of great joy for all the people. Very cool. Let's keep going. Verse 10, Luke 2, verse 10. And the angel said to them, i mean, looking back a couple of verses again. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. For un- why? Why is this good news? For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Okay, these shepherds are hearing this angelic announcement. What do they do now? Where do they go find out? Where do they go see what God is doing? Verse 12. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in what? Swaddling cloths. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. This is the these are the hints that the shepherds have to go on. He's gonna be in Bethlehem and he's gonna be swaddled in a manger. So they go to find this baby. So so the second, the first thing that was unexpected was that the announcement was made to shepherds. The second thing we, we talked about last Sunday, but now this Sunday we're getting into more detail. Something else that was unexpected about this arrival of Jesus is that this long-awaited rescuer, the promised Messiah, God's people, of God's people, arrives as a baby. Unexpected. Not what we might have guessed would happen. The Christ, the promised rescuer, arrives as a baby. So not only is this announcement made to shepherds, but God's promised rescuer is tiny, tiny. Weak, fragile, like all human babies. And and beyond that, born in a uniquely humble place. His earthly parents swaddled him. There's that word again. And lay him on hay that was intended for animals. So, we have this promised rescuer surprisingly arriving in the form of a human baby. Now, why have I been mentioning or pointing out the swaddling cloths? Two times in our passage, we notice the term swaddling cloths. So uh, can, you pick, can everyone picture uh, what swaddling a baby is? We see some nods, some twinkling eyes, okay? Everybody can picture what it means to swaddle a baby. This is this is using a blanket or cloths to wrap a baby tightly, and it's usually for, for comfort, to provide security and, and, and help them to feel secure and stable, right? We, 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 we swaddle them, we wrap them tightly. You know, when I, uh, when I think of babies right now, in this age of our church, in this part of the History of Faith Church, right now it makes me think of our awesome staff team. So we've got a staff team that includes Pastor Matt and his wife, Lindsay, and their two boys, age two or under. Woo! Our staff team includes uh, Pastor Jake and Riley, Tobias is one, and baby number two is on the way. That's exciting times, right? And our staff team also includes Christy Richard, who's awesome and serves in our office. She and her husband, Ben, are expecting their first in February. Little ones everywhere on the staff team. Good times, huh? I love that our staff team takes it very seriously, they're calling by God to help us as a church family grow spiritually. But what I'm also noticing is they're taking seriously their help growing faith church numerically. There's nothing more exciting than a full church nursery, I'll tell you that. Good times of, of a healthy church. So thanks to the staff family and so many others that contribute to that excitement. Now... Uh, now, the fact that we have some staff that with little ones and little ones on the way, please don't let that make any assumptions for you about other staff members, because I'm pretty sure there's pretty sure there's no other babies coming anywhere. So just no assumptions. Okay, make sure. How many of you have swaddled a baby? How many of you would guess that you were swaddled as a baby? That's a lot of hands, right? What about you, Faith? Online, you have you swaddled a baby? Uh, that's a lot of hands. And, and what, does that, what does that tell us, that there was a lot of hands raised? That this is a common experience, that this is a common human experience, that part of being a human, part of arriving as a baby, one of the, one of the common shared experiences is being swaddled. And swaddling was common then, as we can tell from God's word here too, because they mentioned twice that the baby Jesus was swaddled and laid in a manger. So the, the, the incredibly encouraging thing here that is hard to get our mind around when we think about Jesus as, as the promised rescuer, when we think about Jesus as God himself, it can be a little crazy to get our, mind, our hearts and minds around the fact that Jesus, by God's design, arrived as a human baby, becoming like us in every way, with one asterisk, except he was without sin, but God sent his son into the world, becoming like us in every way. It's incredible to consider, and we must at Christmas time that that Jesus entered into our experience and became fully human. Fully human. And what so what, what is surprising about that is, is trying to get our head around the duality. His dual natures, that that Jesus is both fully human, arrived as a human baby, lived the human experience, was swaddled, and then lived 30 plus years on earth relating to us. His dual natures of being both fully human and fully and absolutely divine. God himself in the form of God's son sent to be with us. Where do we see that in scripture? Let's just be clear. Look on the sc- uh, screen with me if we can, John chapter 1 verse 14. And the word became flesh. The word refers to Christ. The word it says earlier in John 1 that the word was with God from before time and the word Christ became flesh and dwelt among us. And as a result of Jesus living among us, we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And then Colossians 2 Verse 9, for in Christ, in Jesus, the whole fullness of deity, there's, there's one nature, the whole fullness of deity, of God, of being divine, dwells bodily, dwells in, in a fully human body, arrived as a baby. You know, that, that math doesn't work for us. 100% human and 100% God. But we're not talking about our human brains. We're talking about something that God can do and that God chose his promised rescuer to arrive fully God and fully man. When we sing occasionally, uh, you'll recall perhaps this line from a song that we sing occasionally, that the hymn called In Christ Alone. We sing a line that is fullness of God in helpless babe. The fullness of God in helpless babe. Jesus is the God-man, fully human and fully God. This is God himself in the person of Jesus, the Son, taking on human flesh, becoming like us. Why is it so significant? that God would send his rescuer to be with us, to enter into humanity, to experience what we experienced, to live as we lived. This is incredibly important because Jesus in becoming like us can relate to us and he represents us then when he lives and dies and is raised again for our salvation. Jesus can, can better represent us because of his humanity, because of his full human experience. So he relates to us, he represents us, and then this is God's perfect plan to save us through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. I've been been reading an Advent devotional this month by uh, an author, a pastor named David Mathis, and that actually inspired uh, some of of the ideas that I'm sharing with you this morning. David Mathis writes this. Uh, David Mathis points out that Jesus, in, in becoming a human, in entering into our experience, Jesus entered willingly. Imagine the humility of God setting aside all his privileges and rights and majesty, setting it aside somewhat to become a human man. That Jesus would enter willingly, humbly into our world as a human, and in doing so, included Jesus being in the virgin's womb, having flesh and blood being laid in an animal trough, and and then, of course, growing up and, and becoming an adult and ministering to the people, experiencing all the hurt and pain and difficulty and suffering that earthly life includes. So thankful that God entered in to be with us. Philippians 2, 7 tells us a little about that. It says, Jesus, taking the form of a servant... Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, again, setting aside kind of his, his rights to majesty and deity and being willing to be found in human form, humbling himself, not only humbling himself to be found in a human body, but humbling himself to the point of death, to experience to God experiencing death, which would not be necessary. Humbling himself not only to be take on a human body, but to humble himself to death. And not just any death, Philippians 2 says. Death on a cross. The gospel is the spectacular news that God rescues sinners like you and me through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That first advent... We look back to that first advent 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem, and we remember the swaddled baby, the birth of Jesus. That swaddled baby lived the life that we cannot. He lived the life we're called to, but he lived the life that we're not capable of. He is the only one that was human and yet lived without sin. He lived the life that you and I cannot. That swaddled baby in a manger, that was not the last time that Jesus would be bound Jesus was later in his life, toward the end of his earthly life, was bound, unjustly accused, tried before the authorities, and put to death by being nailed to a Roman cross. He lived the life that we cannot. He lived the life without sin on our behalf. He went willingly and humbly, submitting himself, humbling himself to death, even death on a cross, dying the death that we deserve, paying the penalty that our sin deserves. And then David Mathis points this out. The swaddling at his birth would not be the last time we hear of the incarnate Son, the God taking on flesh Son, being wrapped in cloth. Look at this scripture on the screen. After Jesus' death, he would be wrapped again, this time in linen cloth. After his death, Jesus would be wrapped again, this time in linen cloth, only only to leave that cloth behind and walk victoriously out of that grave, resurrected to new life. He lived the life that we cannot. He died the death that we deserve. He was resurrected from death to life to show that you and I can have new life too. The gospel that we celebrate is the spectacular good news that, Jesus, that God rescues sinners through Jesus, that you and I can find life with God because of what Jesus has done, that we don't have to match up or figure it out or behave or be a good person or get our act together or pull ourselves up by the bootstraps or follow a list of rules or have our Bible memorized in order for God to like us. The good, spectacular news of the gospel is that we are saved for life now and life eternal, not by what we have done, but what what we do, but what Jesus has already done. The swaddled baby, taking on the flesh, becoming human, relating to us, fully human so that he could relate to us and represent us and save us. That same swaddled baby, fully God The rescuer, the savior of the world. He is not dead. Church family, this is Christmas. I know it's not Easter, but it's okay because you know what? The two come pretty close together. He is not dead. He is risen. The one who was like us, the one who was swaddled, is now the human king of the universe. He is our hope. We experience the love of God. Here we are, Advent Sunday. We talked about the love of God. You, church family, and you joining us online, and you, your friends and family and those around you that you interact with daily, we can experience the love of God. God demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, while we were stuck in sin, Christ died for us. You, church family, your friends and family that are living apart from Christ can experience the love of God. We put our hope in Jesus. We call you, we ask you, we invite you that if you are not a follower of Jesus to put your hope in Jesus. Don't put your hope in yourself and your behavior and what you can do and whether you can match up and whether you're good enough for God. Say, I can't, I don't, I won't. Jesus, I need you. Submit. Your, put your hope in him. Put your faith in Jesus. Faith just means we put our trust in him, knowing that he is the, the human king of the universe, knowing that he lived, died, and rose again. We put our faith, our trust in him for salvation. Do that. Put your faith in Jesus today, if you have not already done so. Call on him. Submit your life to him, Ask him to rescue you. Receive the forgiveness of sin and being made right with God that comes with following Jesus Christ. And if you want to know more about that, talk to a Christian that's sitting near you or a Christian that you know or come and talk to me or any of the staff or the elders. We would love to talk to you about what Jesus has done for us and the new life we have found in him so that you too can experience Christmas joy because of Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you love us so much that you demonstrated your love for us in sending your son. So we thank you for this Advent Sunday reminder of your great love. We thank you, God, that your love was demonstrated to us, to us that your that your purposes to save us included rescuing us from sin and death. We God, we thank you that your rescue plan for us included sending your son into our world, into our lives. God, we thank you for Christ who was willing and humbly able to become fully human like us in every way except for being without sin so that he could show us the way to you. God, thank you that you sent your son and that his life, death, and resurrection show us the way to you. God, we pray that as we celebrate this, this season, as we celebrate Christmas, as we remember that first Christmas, the baby swaddled, we do, we do rem, uh, just rejoice and, and, and we find it remarkable that he became fully human to be with us. But God, as we think about this Christmas as well, would you also make sure, God, that our hearts and our minds are surrendered to Christ, recognizing him also as fully God, Lord and Master, God, would we look to the baby swaddled and would we put our faith and our trust in Jesus, desiring to live for him in all that we do. God, we thank you for the hope that comes at Christmas. We thank you for the hope that you have sent us in Christ despite the 2020 circumstances, despite the roller coaster of emotions that we can find ourselves on, despite our circumstances that go up and down and that take our happiness up and down with them. Instead, we are thankful, God, that you bring hope, that you make it possible for us to experience joy no matter the circumstances because you love us and because of your Christmas joy that has arrived with Christ. So we worship you, Lord, now. Help us now as we continue in our time together to worship you out of thankfulness in our prayers and singing our songs and giving our gifts. May we live our lives for your glory, thankful for the fully human, fully God, God God-man-rescuer, Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.